We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. 
the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Wednesday, October 22nd. Clay Link here along with Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so please subscribe. Leave us a, a nice review if you have time. Week 7 buys, Jake. Cincinnati, Denver, Chicago, and Green Bay. Uh, living up here in Wisconsin, I, you know this is the, one of the longest two-week stretches of the year, you know, bye week. Then we come back, and it's a battle of undefeateds. Green Bay and Denver should be pretty fun. Yeah, going to be a, quite a quite a bit of anticipation leading up here. Uh, I've heard this week called the worst week for bye weeks, period, because, I mean, yeah. at least, uh, you know, maybe not the Bears outside of Elshon Jeffrey, but the Packers have about five fantasy players that almost that are owned everywhere, and the same goes for the, the Bengals and the Broncos at this point as well. So there's a lot of action, a lot of people scrambling to replace, and there's going to be a lot of tough drop decisions being made this week. Yeah, and the Denver D has been like my saving grace in a lot of leagues. I got them in pretty much every league and you know they're putting up 15 plus points a week and now I got this certainly didn't drop them. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh you know, normally I like streaming from week to week, but if you find yourself a gem like that, it's <laughs> worth keeping your roster spot there. And yeah, the Denver defense putting up almost as many points as Peyton Manning has this year so far. <laughs> yeah. So uh really keeping them in games like that is the reason they're undefeated. That oh, Peyton absolutely. Manning has very little to do with that. And they can't run the ball either. It's it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of carrying two defenses, but in a case like this, I'm, I'm certainly more than happy to. Any defenses you like this week? I mean, we'll, we'll get to some a little later, but I, I kind of like Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh could be okay. I, I like, uh, I mean, I know the Washington Redskins defense hasn't been the greatest lately, but they do have Tampa Bay huh. at home. So, yeah. you know, going against a rookie quarterback, I've noticed that they're one of the cheaper defenses on on most daily sites. So, uh, you know, if you need, they're going to be uh, kind of uh, hit it and quit it. You're going to pick them up, use them one week, and then you'll be... Uh, <laughs> And then you'll be sending them back to the waiver wire. And that's where they'll be taking their rightful place there. And, uh, yeah, Zeph. So, and, and actually, you know what? I just thought of that now, but I always look at our streaming defense article. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Martinez is right there with me with the Washington Redskins. So uh, nice. uh, something uh, good to go there. Now, if the Bills were playing anybody else in London... Uh, I would say go for it, but I'm not really going to advocate picking up the Jags defense. We'll get to the Bills' injury situations uh, a little bit later in the show. Yeah, haven't heard that phrase, hit it and quit it, used for fantasy much, but I like it. I like it a lot. Fantasy uh, football. Fantasy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, good to specify. I also kind of like the Falcons' defense. They are on, on the road and coming off a not-so-great game, but going to be well-rested, and it looks like Marcus Mariota kind of trending in the wrong direction but we'll get again get to more of that later we'll start with the Thursday night game going to be running down all of week seven Seahawks at 49ers divisional matchup not as appealing as it once was even a couple years Mm -hmm. ago Seahawks seven point favorites on the road over under 42 Marshawn Lynch practiced all week but he wasn't uh, out of the headlines by any means, had that drag racing incident. What do you think of that, Jay? Yeah, I found that uh, pretty amusing. I guess him and Fred Jackson got into a little bit of drag racing action, and of course it's Jackson that wrecks his car. So, yeah, finding his way into the headlines one way or another, and I don't know, TMZ might have originally had that, so I don't entirely know how much uh, accuracy you can really expect there. But, hey, uh, one way to get the Seahawks in the headline, maybe distract people from a little bit of an underwhelming performance so far. Yeah, Seahawks really need to take care of business tonight. Looks like the 49ers, though, will have Carlos Hyde. He's dealing with that foot injury, but it looks like he will be a go. And Anquan Bolden's going to be a game-time call. Now, the Seahawks' D hasn't hasn't lived up to its reputation so far this year. 
you know, really impressed with what Cam Newton did last week with, you know, pretty much just Greg Olson. But do you think there's any situation where, I mean, maybe you start Hyde in, in most leagues just out of necessity, but anybody you feel particularly good about on the 49ers side in this one? I mean, if you say you have Tyler Eifert on a bye or Martellus Bennett on a bye and you need a tight end, now you'd like to think the Seahawks would have it together after what they let Greg Olson do uh, last week. Of course, you, everyone remembers Sherman and Chancellor getting into it. But uh, after that outing, the Seahawks are giving up the second most fantasy points per game, two tight ends in standard formats. So if you do have Eifert, Bennett, Richard Rodgers, I don't know how many people are using him as a tight end one these days, but or and no one really is using too many Denver tight ends. But if you're in a pinch there, I could maybe see a Vernon Davis look tonight. Mm-hmm. I know I know that Selleck and and I think McDonald I think have been getting a little bit of work. But if there's any receiver pass catching option, especially if Anquan Bolden's out, Davis you know Kaepernick might look to the big body a little bit more. So there's a little bit of upside there. It's not the safest play in the world, but I can think of a lot worse streaming options this week. Yeah, you know he's he's been hurt most of the year, and uh, I know. Rotowire's Chris List was really high on him coming into the season, said he'd be a top 10 tight end, and I, I saw it too because I didn't think there was any way he could go down from last year. Uh, only targeted once last week, but practicing in full, I do expect him to have a larger role yeah. this week. And, and yeah, the one target, yeah, you know, maybe easing him back in a little bit, but he did play 34 of the 59 snaps, so definitely mm-hmm. something that you can't forget about. Now we'll move on to Sunday's games. Bills at Jaguars. Again, this is the early start, 9.30 uh, a.m. Eastern. Bills seven point favorites in this one over under forty three. You mentioned at the top of the show all of the Bills injuries. Sounds like Tyrod Taylor ruled out effectively. Mm-hmm. That report from Adam Schefter this morning. Sammy Watkins not expected to go. Percy Harvin, Carlos Williams all out. So any reason to think even against this Jaguars team, the Bills are gonna you know, members of that team are going to have big fantasy days. Anybody? I'm, I'm expecting a heavy dose of LaShawn McCoy. He got he got himself quite a few carries last week. And, of course, once again, no Carlos Williams really to back him up. And you don't really have a lot of faith in Dan Heron or Booby Dixon doing anything in that backfield there. And when it's the E.J. Manuel show, uh, I mean, outside of Charles Clay, his two best pass-catching options are Chris Hogan and Robert Woods. So that's the only reason I mentioned, like, yeah, maybe stream the Jags in a 16 teamer or something, but I still think Shady will, will have a pretty good day running against him. Uh, on the other hand, I, I just... I'm worried about the Jaguars because I, I, I read something earlier this week where the Bills left for London on Monday. They're going to go ahead and get adjusted. Jags, I guess, haven't even left yet or are leaving as we recorded this uh, this podcast. I know uh, Nick and Mike like to joke about the Jaguars a lot on Wednesday night. That's Nick's team, and he mentioned that, that yeah, they're not leaving until Thursday. And that might uh, – and, and there was even some noted sleep specialists out there that were like – Put it up, put all your money on the bills because you know yeah. that can make a huge difference. So, for that reason alone, might be a little bit worried about the fantasy output of some of the Jags players. But at the same time, if you have Allen Robinson or even Allen Hearns, you, you I, I would still go with them uh, just because I don't think it's going to really hurt them that much. And I mean, mm-hmm. Hearns has had a touchdown in four straight weeks. Why not make it five? Give it a shot. Yeah, I like both of those guys quite a bit, and Hearns. Uh, return to a limited practice today, so it's good to see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is—I mean, the jet lag—you can't really d- discount that much at all, and I, it does kind of worry me. Also, kind of worried about T.J. Yeldon. He also returned to a limited practice today, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bills—Bills Bills front is pretty tough to run against. And coming off that injury, I just don't love him. I, I, if you have better options, I recommend going elsewhere. And you mentioned Charles Clay. 
Yeah, 13 targets last week. With EJ Manuel under center, you know, he was really Tyrod Taylor's, uh, you know, really a good safety valve, but he's seeing just as many looks, it seems like. Nine receptions. The targets and reception number both tied season highs. I, th- I think Manuel's going to continue looking his way because I don't think he feels comfortable looking downfield and pushing the ball downfield. Yeah, absolutely. He, he'll probably check down to LaShawn McCoy, I'd imagine, a lot, mm-hmm. but Charles Clay. Uh, probably out of all their pass-catching options, definitely demands the most attention. So that's the only reason for hesitation there. But I think he'll get about a dozen looks again just because Percy Harvin apparently reports he was contemplating retirement this morning, dealing with hip and and knee issues uh, for quite some time now. I mean, he's been injury-prone over the course of his career. And, yeah, without the rest of those options there, they're going to have to get something going on offense. And I think they're going to have to get a little creative if they're going to have success. Our own Jeff Erickson has Blake Bortles as his number six-ranked quarterback on his value meter this week how do you feel about him in this one does the uh not leaving for london kind of affect your your outlook for him this week you know maybe a little bit but it's weird saying this but i think blake bortles has been one of the most consistent fantasy players i have in pretty much any game this season he's thrown a touchdown in every single game he's thrown over 240 yards in every single game except week one I mean, in in the last two weeks, he's had over 600 yards and seven touchdowns compared to just four interceptions. Now, the turnovers are always going to be there for him, but the Jags are a team that will continuously find themselves behind. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, he has great offensive weapons, especially when they're all healthy. We're not sure about Yeldon quite yet, but that receiving core is, is an excellent position group. And as they start to get more and more comfortable and maybe even bring Marquise Lee into the mix, I'm optimistic rest of season for week seven, in the London game and the matchup, I'm not so optimistic. Yeah, I mean, he's got really strong weapons in the receiving game. I and mean, Hearns, Robinson, and, of course, uh, he's got got the tight end back, too. This, uh, oh, Julius this Thomas. Julius absolutely. Thomas, yeah. I mean, he just uh, kind of burst onto the scene right away. And uh, Jeff Erickson has Julius Thomas as 13th-ranked tight end this week. Did it suffer a rib contusion last week, but I, I think rest of season he's probably a borderline top five tight end. Mm-hmm. We'll move on here. Redskins at uh, Redskins hosting the Buccaneers. Redskins three-point favorites at home, over under 43. Now the Re- Buccaneers coming off the bye. I, I saw some people on Twitter suggesting maybe it was time to buy into this Buccaneers passing game because yeah, James Winston has had quite a few turnovers, but the, the volume should be through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, volume for the receivers. I think Mike Evans has a good chance to finally turn it on this year. He's been pretty disappointing so far, especially for fantasy owners that used a second-round pick on him. So this might be the week where he gets things going. I actually really like Doug Martin this week. Now, the Washington run defense has been better than, I guess, the perception is, has shown. Mm-hmm. But Doug Martin, uh, top 10 back in Jeff Erickson's value meter, just kind of struck, uh, snuck in there to the number 10 spot. I think uh, not only is he going to get carries i know charles sims is knocking on the door and might take some third down work but martin should get carries and a fair share of checkdowns as well so there's always the potential for a big game with him i was a big proponent of a doug martin bounce back year this year and, uh, although it's been a little inconsistent we've seen shades of it and, and they can still very much happen yeah i'm with you i think i just feel like this offense is going to start clicking as they get more you know comfortable with each other some of the younger players more comfortable with the playbook. They maybe start opening up the playbook a bit. I think the outlook is pretty bright for the, for this team rest of the season, at least in terms of fantasy, mm-hmm. just because I think, again, the volume will be pretty crazy. We'll move on. Falcons at Titans. Falcons four-point favorites on the road over under 48. Again, this is 
situation to monitor because Marcus Mariota diagnosed with that left MCL sprain. Nothing official, but seems unlikely to play. If he's out, I mean, Zach Mettenberger steps in. Uh, looking at a, probably a tough day for this Titans offense. Yeah, and I like how you mentioned the Atlanta defense earlier because I'm right on board with that. It just might be a little bit tough because they're actually getting turnovers this year and their ownership has probably uh, risen mm-hmm. quite a bit to correlate with that. But if the Falcons are a defense that's available in your league, you can pick them up not just for this week but potentially as a rest of season streaming option. But this week, you might even want to consider using them uh, across as much daily as you can against the Titans. I mean, a Mariota left MCL sprain that should take more than a week to just bounce back from it's not like you can just jump back and be ready to go there so it looks like you're going to have Mettenberger and I'm curious once that announcement is made official if that line's going to shift even more in the Falcons direction because I know they're the road team already four point favorites but I could see that shifting five and a half six points if uh, once the announcement there becomes official yeah I, I could definitely see that now the Titans are 16th in the league in rushing currently 107.6 yards per game, but none of these backs having holding any f- real fantasy value. No way I asked you last week, but is now is, are we at the point where you're finally jumping on David Cobb, picking up him up where you can, just as a mm-hmm. as a guy who could step in and immediately take that job? If you were still holding on hope for a guy like Bishop Sankey. You can go ahead and make that swap even right now. I don't think there's any clear cut. They even gave Andrews a chance to see an increased workload. Uh, what else do we got there? McCluster. Uh, there's just not a whole lot to like uh, overall there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd go after – I could see Cobb. We didn't really talk about him much on the Waiver Wire podcast. Ideally, he would maybe get uh, you know a couple weeks of practice in and, and be eased in. But just because of the opportunity that's there right now, I think there could be potentially big things to come unless they just continue to split it up three, four ways, which would be just bad news for fantasy owners across the board. Yeah, I don't think you can start any of the backs in there. I mean, Jeff Erickson has Antonio Andrews as his 34th-ranked running back. When when your top running back option is, you know, 34th among all RBs in the league, uh, you know, it's just a a fantasy wasteland, really. You know, this game is, is kind of interesting because I'm expecting Julio Jones to finally bounce back, especially having, like, what, 10 days between games to get healthy. Expecting to see the same kind of Julio Jones as the first several weeks, or did you maybe think about uh, testing the trade waters and and selling high this week? Well, not high, but kind of just selling because you're not optimistic. I would have to receive an incredibly enticing offer to to kind of cut bait with Julio Jones at this point. I mean, the guy's a stud. He showed that earlier in the season, and it's not like he's been having, you know, he not like he's been having terrible weeks. I mean, six catches for 93, five for 67. The one down week was the four for 38 there after, you know, starting the season 141, 135, 164 with four touchdowns over that three-game span. I think his price has probably came down a couple hundred in, uh, in daily formats. You can go ahead and give him a go. Uh, of course, DeAndre Hopkins is should now be the highest-priced receiver just about mm-hmm. everywhere, and I think you want to try to still work him in your lineup first if that's possible. But Julio Jones, not a bad option. Really like him in PPR formats. That's one of the most reliable ways the Falcons move the ball, even with the emergence of Devontae Freeman, is those screens and pick plays to Julio Jones. And I expect to see a heavy dose of that this week. Titans have a bottom-five run defense, too, so uh, not the week to, to fade Devontae Freeman, I don't think. I mean, the I, price is definitely... It's crept up and uh, maybe uh, you know maybe you think you're, it's uh, going to be tough to profit at his current price but again just given the, the struggles Tennessee has had stopping the run this week 
Uh, I don't think you can bet against him. Yeah, there's no way to bet him against or bet against him in daily or season long formats, mm-hmm. especially. We've got him as the number two running back rest of season, uh, just behind Le'Veon Bell, and I, I'll stand by that. He looks looks really really good. We will move on. Saints at Colts, highest over under the week, over under of the week at, at 52. Now the Colts offense did get going a little bit you know, before that incredibly awful. Uh, fake punt play. That was one of the funnier things I've seen in a while on an NFL field. But it is good to see them start to get humming a bit. Saints as well. Uh, which team do you like more rest of season? Because I think the Saints, they're, they're not dead quite yet. Yeah, this is. I think the Saints play in maybe a little bit, I don't want to say an easier division, but they have teams that they're familiar with and usually play really mm-hmm. well at home. The Saints can run the ball a lot better, and that is always encouraging. Neither team really looks all that great defensively so far, which, again, making this game the highest over-under of the week. But I don't know, rest of season? I'd give the Saints maybe the slight edge because they've came out of this hole before a little bit. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, I think, is very capable of breaking this out and you know maybe leading a playoff burst, but they got to get going real quick. And, and yeah, Colts four-and-a-half-point favorites this week at home. Vegas seems to like them. I like the Colts, but I like this game to be very high-scoring as well. So in the daily lineups I've put together, I've used T.Y. Hilton already, and I, I've used Mark Ingram as well because I think the Saints – or I'm sorry, the Colts – have those kind of power between the tackle backs. The Colts haven't really done a really good job of stopping yet, as partially evident by the LeGarrette Blunt performance last mm-hmm. week. So I really like Mark Ingram in all sorts of formats this week. Even Brandon Cooks, you know, he's been off and on wildly inconsistent this year. But, I mean, Marcus Colston did get back to practice Wednesday, but in a limited basis. You never know what Colston's status is exactly for Sunday. So if Colston sits, Cooks should even get more looks in, in, in the short and deep passing game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Willie Sneed, too. I think the Saints, uh, kind of a green light to start all these guys. Mark Ingram, especially. Mark Ingram's a top 10 guy. And, you know, we saw the Colts having issues up front stopping LeGarrette Blunt last week. And I think Ingram's the, uh, kind of a similar style, mm-hmm. a runner, and he's just going to hammer that, that front and uh, possibly, possibly rip a couple long ones. Yeah, I mean, just going to say right off the bat here, every daily lineup possible, my two running backs I'm starting with are Mark Ingram and Todd Gurley this week. We'll get to nice. Gurley a little bit later in the show, but those are my two of my favorite backs for their prices in daily this week. Vikings at Lions. Vikings favored on the road here by two and a half, over under 44 and a half. Stafford, best game of the year. Same could be said for Calvin Johnson last week. Are you expecting a repeat at home against this Vikings team? I think the Vikings boast a much better pass defense than the Bears, obviously, what we saw last, or last week, of course, in that shootout there. I mean, I'm not super high on Stafford but I could see him coming in handy I got a I got a question from a friend this week who had a who had a quarterback on a bye and must be playing in a really shallow league but they asked me well who would you rather take Matt Stafford or Eli Manning and I said Eli Manning no-brainer against the cow against the Cowboys I'd go with that Stafford the Minnesota pass defense is they're surprisingly uh they've been surprisingly successful mm-hmm. this this year the numbers don't necessarily say that uh, they're kind of in the middle of the pack, ranked 14th in the lead, giving up 240 passing yards per game. But at the same time, I mean, outside of last week, I haven't seen enough from the Lions offensively to really to really think that, you know, all of a sudden it's going to happen in, in back-to-back weeks. Of course, the Bears have a pretty weak pass defense mm-hmm. there, so I wasn't, uh, you know, kind of expected that to happen. So, I mean, actually, you know what? 
Bears have apparently a better pass defense than the Vikings, only giving up 220 yards per game, but that just seems a little bit backwards in my head. I think as we get over a larger sample size, that'll even out a little bit, and uh, you know the Vikings will kind of move on their way up, and the Bears will continue to slide down. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think this Vikings pass offense uh, might, might be better moving forward, too, and I think the, the, uh, the Lions could be had you know, through the air, especially with the emergence of Stephon Diggs. I mean, really like mm-hmm. him as a pickup. I think he should be owned in pretty much all formats. I think uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater don't love him, but if, if maybe you have Aaron Rodgers uh, or Andy Dalton or somebody like that, maybe you could throw him out there in this mm-hmm. matchup because I don't, I don't know if he'll have a much better matchup the rest of the, the entire season. But Adrian Peterson, disappointing week last week, 26 carries, 60 yards, only 2.3 yards per attempt. But he's been great for the most part this season. I mean, 4.3 yards per carry isn't up to his standards, but uh, after that year off, it doesn't look like he's missed much of a beat at all. We still have him as a top five player rest of season on our rankings. You agree with that? Yeah, I have no problem with Adrian Peterson. I think when whenever he takes the field, he's arguably as much as any wideout a threat to make a big play on any down. Maybe not quite as much as a couple years ago, but I feel like the, yeah, the year got him the year that he had off now he's finally starting to get back into rhythm a little bit more mm-hmm. before we move on from this game here you mentioned teddy bridgewater as a quarterback potentially against the lions i want to mention that i've got myself a real tough dilemma i need to pick between teddy bridgewater and sam bradford against oh. the panthers and I, i've oh. started bradford in every single week and and sam and i'm just this i i don't don't like his matchup at all this week against carolina but it's not like Bridgewater's shown me a lot either, so I, I'm going to have a tough time. I think I might start Bradford still just because I've got Jordan Matthews to pair him up with, and Matthews is a target machine. If they hook up once or twice, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I have to think about this is quite worrisome at this point in the season. Yeah, it is. I mean, Bradford, I know the the Eagles kind of blew out the Giants on Monday night, but he looked atrocious. It was awful. It was. I mean, the, the score did not you know, reflect how poorly I thought the Philadelphia offense played. I mean, DeMarco Murray had a good game. Good to see him get mm-hmm. get it going. But Bradford just pick after pick, and they're, they're all coming on just abysmal throws. It's not like they're off the receiver's hands every time. Uh, just overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys, and uh, I know they're going to stick with him. doesn't sound like his job is really in any danger, but at the same time, in this matchup on the road against this Carolina team, I think I'd probably go Bridgewater. And looking at the value meter for this week, uh, Jeff has, has Bridgewater eight spots ahead of, of Bradford. So while the volume should definitely be in Bradford's favor, I just don't see him having much success on a, on a per-attempt basis. Yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. But that is a tough dilemma. Yeah, it is a tough one. I mean, if you're picking between two turds, you're still picking up poop one way or another, right? So, like, hey, you know, I just, there's not much you can do about in that situation. Yeah, I feel your pain. I I got a lot of shares of Sam Bradford and just the situation where, I mean, in some of the shallower leagues have definitely uh, come very close this week to cutting bait. Haven't yet, just because I, you know, still holding out hope. And maybe it's just you know, stubbornness, not wanting to admit my mistakes, cut my losses, but uh, I'm very close to to dropping him in a lot of leagues. We'll move on, though. Steelers at Chiefs. Uh, It sounds like Vegas, because there's no over-under yet, waiting on the Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Landry Jones decision here. Big Ben, sounds like he has has a chance to come back, but if he does not, what do you think about a a Jones 
Martavis Bryant combo in DFS tournaments. I, you know, I like it a little bit, not because I particularly am high on Landry Jones or anything like that, but Jones is pretty much minimum price in all formats, so it gives you a ton of time or a ton of money to save up and and spend elsewhere. And Bryant, even after the big two touchdown performance last week, his price hasn't overreacted just yet. So I mean, if you go with that type of combo then you will very well be able to get Gurley and Ingram and DeAndre Hopkins and maybe another receiver like Edelman or T.Y. Hilton in your lineup. And when you have that kind of base in a cash game, that's just spectacular. So I'm going to watch it closely. I don't really have high expectations for Jones, but I think Brian is skilled enough that he might be able to hook up with him one or two mm-hmm. times again, especially over the course of the whole game. And this, the Chiefs' pass defense has been getting it on track a little bit more lately, but they started off pretty atrocious. Uh, I mean, of course, Aaron Rodgers torched them pretty badly. He, he'll torch anyone mm-hmm. pretty badly if you let your guard down there. But, I mean, the pass defense is not great, so maybe Landry Jones finds something to like. I think Landry Jones's best bet is maybe not even I'm, – I'm not really high on Antonio Brown this week, maybe not doing those timing throws, but mm-hmm. dump-offs to Bell – and deep balls as far as i know he's capable of throwing a deep ball so you might as well chuck chuck those up to bryant and see if he can come down with it and you know bryant's more of that type of receiver than brown or hayward bay or or heath miller obviously anybody else that they have to offer wheaton really isn't uh as much of a deep ball threat as bryant is so it's a little bit of a risky play that's why i say tournaments and cash games you might want to go with a little bit of a safer option i like Carson Palmer in a, in a cash game this week, kind of you know waiting for the Monday night game, give you an incentive to watch there. But in a big tournament, I think it could really differentiate yourself. You're going to have to watch, though, inactives uh, about an hour and a half before kickoff. Yeah, I, you know, I do think Martavis Bryant, just as we saw last week with Jones, I think those two are kind of a fit because of Jones' kind of, you know, his, his willingness to kind of let it loose down the field. He's not really mm-hmm. looking for Brown on those you know, those timing patterns, as you mentioned. So if Jones does get the start of like Brian, as a Brown owner, I'm sure hoping Big Ben gets back because it's been, it's been tough sledding, to say the least. Yeah. Ben practiced in a limited fashion Wednesday, still waiting on that practice report for Thursday, but sounds like, you know, they are leaving the door open. Now, I mentioned the Chiefs had a lot of success stopping Adrian Peterson last week. You're obviously starting Le'Veon Bell, but is this one where maybe you should temper expectations and not be expecting – uh, one of his typical monster games. I think that, I, I don't know, it's tough. Uh, he's the number one running back this week regardless, I think. And it's, Are you maybe hesitant to pay up in DFS? Yes, that's okay. that's a good that's a better way to frame it, Clay. That's perfect uh, because, yeah, you, you never really think twice about Le'Veon Bell. It is what it is. But, yeah, I don't think I'm paying up in DFS for him this week. There's a couple guys, uh, you know, a few down the list where, I mean, you look at guys uh, like Bell and Gurley, and there's almost a $2,000 price difference there when you start to look at that. So, uh, I mean, the difference for me is enough that I, I kind of – I'm more comfortable going with middle-tier backs this week than I am because uh, I'm just looking on DraftKings right now. Le'Veon Bell – Top price back at eighty four hundred, and you got to scroll quite a ways down the list. Gurley sitting at five thousand on DraftKings this week. Oh. His ownership is going to be through the roof, uh, mm-hmm. especially against this matchup. So, um, yeah, I think I might look to uh, a little bit cheaper options in Bell because he, he will carry a pretty hefty price tag. Yeah, and again, I mean, I expect him to have a fine day, but at that price, uh, and just given what the Chiefs did against Adrian Peterson, the fact that they're going to be at home. Just don't love him, but glad you mentioned Gurley. This is uh, our next game is Browns Ravens, Ravens or I'm sorry Rams seven point favorites at home over under forty one and a half and. 
Browns' worst run D in the league, 149.8 yards per game allowed on the ground. Gurley might have one of the all-time high ownership percentages in DFS this week, but uh, I almost feel like if you're not starting him, you're losing ground because we could see one of the bigger fantasy days of the entire season this one. Yeah, I'm expecting about 150 and at least one score against the Browns. Browns maybe going to get a little bit healthier on defense uh, because last week they were missing Joe Hayden to Sean Gibson. Scott Solomon's out. He's not going to be coming back, so you downgrade a little bit at running back. They've got a pretty raw, fresh uh, defensive front three this year, a couple of those guys have been with the team for a while, but a lot of rookies finding their way into the rotation, and that's been partially to blame for uh, the last ranked run defense in the league here. So uh, just the fact that it's a home game, it's on turf, you can have the crowd behind them. I see the Rams getting out to a lead early and then riding early the west, rest of the way out. Yeah. So uh, 150, heck, the more I think about it, maybe, maybe even get to two this week as long as they don't get too big of a lead and decide to rest him. But, I mean, Gurley top five running back top three running back rest of season yeah. uh, i own Gurley in a couple places if someone offered me Devonte freeman straight up for him i don't think i could pull the trigger i couldn't do it i couldn't pull the trigger because so, i just feel like freeman's value can't be any higher right it can't yeah, get any yeah higher. it can't Where Gurley's is just it's just kind of uh rising to the point where uh, i mean you see the promise but he, he hasn't reached that peak yet yeah and i don't believe he's gotten has he gotten into the end zone yet i don't think yeah, i think so. he has a td he, yeah he's but i mean some of those games where he hasn't quite gotten in there uh actually no no rushing touchdowns yet on oh, the season wow, really? uh, only played three weeks uh you know yeah. hardly did anything against the steelers week three then in back-to-back weeks he had 146 and 159 yards they gave him the ball 30 times on the ground against the packers yeah. what happens when they actually get a lead here and uh and really told him the rock so uh yeah you can forget about those guys Trey Mason, Benny Cunningham, any of that kind of stuff behind him. It's the Todd Gurley show the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I also could see this Rams passing attack having some success. A guy like Tavon Austin, I'm probably going to put a, a tournament lineup together with him in it because he's somebody, too, that I think, you know, I think they've lined him out up in the backfield. If not this year, they have in the past, I know. And maybe they just look to get him on a, on a short screen and getting that guy in the open field against this Brown defense. I, I think they can definitely be had. I think Nick Foles may be kind of a sneaky play this week, too. I Actually, you mentioned your quarterback dilemma. I have one in my 2QB league with Tyrod Taylor out. i got to decide between, I mean, it's slim pickings, but Nick Foles, uh, Sam Bradford, or, or a guy like Brian Hoyer. Got to start two of the three, so it's like, yikes. I guess I'll probably go uh, Hoyer and Bradford, but I think Foles may be a better play than either of those guys yeah I mean Foles and Bradford are really are closer than they should be and you know what I would almost go Foles uh just because Bradford stung a lot mm-hmm. for me last week and and so maybe that leaves a salty taste in my mouth and yeah you never know with Hoyer he's got you know like when Stafford was developing and had Calvin Johnson to carry him DeAndre Hopkins is one of the top fan is not the top fantasy receiver in the entire league a target machine and uh, as long as Hoyer continues to feed him the ball in some way shape or form uh, his numbers might be helped by that fact so I you know I, I could see very much using Hoyer yeah, I mean, very good game last week. And when you just get to lock in on DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, great things can happen. I mean, you don't have to do a whole lot when you got that guy. You mentioned the target machine he is, and I think, you know, he should blow past uh, the all-time recorded record for targets in a season. But we'll we'll move on to that game. Texans at Dolphins. Dolphins, four-point favorites in this one, actually, over under 44.5. 
uh, under Coach Dan Campbell, new coach Dan Campbell, Dolphins looked a lot better. Are you buying into this resurgence, especially defensively? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I was doing their inactives last week, and they're getting a little bit more healthy on the defensive side. Uh, so that that's always a good news. Uh, Dolphins only given up uh, 238.4 passing yards per game. That puts them in the top half of the league in terms of in terms of that category there. And I think one thing I noticed, especially last week in London, is that they were not afraid to give uh, Lamar, Lamar Miller the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, uh, you know, that was excellent. And I think uh, once they, you know, really give him the rock like he deserves, that opens up more lanes in the passing game for guys like Jarvis Landry, Rashad Matthews, eventually Devontae Parker, perhaps. So, uh, you know, the resurgence, I don't know if it'll be enough or on time to uh, to get back to the playoffs, but they could they should at least be in the hunt and they'll be competitive. And there are some fans, fantasy options worth watching on that team. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 7, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Jets at Patriots. Patriots 10-point favorites at home here over under 48 now this team i know you know classic belichick Dion sims disappointed or Dion lewis i'm sorry uh disappointed owners last week but it was a situation where i think you know he's just playing the the matchup there and i think pounding with Legarrette blunt inside only made sense i think in this one too with how much the jets love to blitz this is one where we're uh, Deion Lewis gets back on track and in, in a big way. Yeah, you know, you're playing a dangerous game when you're trying to predict the Patriots' backfield on a week-to-week basis, but I definitely understand your point there. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt's style with with those uh, defensive linemen the Jets have up front, it's, the style isn't very conducive to pounding the ball up the middle between mm-hmm. the tackles a whole lot. So I think we'll see a lot more sweeps, stretches, runs, counters, and short passes with Deion Lewis. So I feel comfortable starting Lewis and very comfortable with him getting back on track. Yeah, same here. And I think... It, pretty much every Patriot that you have is a go uh, in this one. What about on the Jets' side? Are you worried that, you know, Belichick loves taking away their, their biggest weapons, uh, an opposing team's biggest weapons, and your hesitation about Chris Ivory or, or Brandon Marshall in this one? Yeah, I mean, if you had to decide which one of those two is the biggest one, if you're if you're Belichick, yeah. which one do you focus on? So I don't know I if there's – I think you stop Chris Ivory. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, Marshall's great, but I don't know if you can – uh, you know, if you can't run the ball and keep a defense honest, I don't think you can pass either. Yeah, so uh, a little bit hesitant with Chris Ivory in season-long formats. Of course, I think you have to go ahead and let him loose. In daily formats, you probably want to look towards uh, some of your other options there uh, on the bench. I'm just looking on DraftKings. Ivory 5,800, but, I mean, Ivory's more expensive than Todd Gurley. Uh, uh, I mean, you can yeah. go Gurley, Gore, Doug Martin, um, Danny Woodhead, Lamar Miller, all those guys cheaper than Ivory and all those guys that I would probably rather pref- that I would prefer in my lineup. We'll move on. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers four point favorites over under 46 and a half. Now, we've got some injury news to get to f- from this game and it's definitely notable. Antonio Gates mispracticed today with a knee injury. Uh, Keenan Allen also mispracticed entirely a hip flexor injury. Now they did get Melvin Gordon back in practice today, but are you worried that, you know, guy like Keenan Allen, somebody that, you know, if he's unable to at least 
obviously, if he doesn't practice Friday, you're going to be majorly concerned. But as of right now, even, are you – you know, having a, a backup plan, getting one in place. Yeah, my backup plan's pretty much going to be Malcolm Floyd. He's only thirty six hundred on DraftKings. He's around on a lot of waiver wires. He's one of the main players that Eric and I discussed this week during our waiver wire episode. So I think, especially if both of those guys miss, uh, he's going to be the guy pretty much for targets. I think he saw a dozen last week. Now, granted, Rivers attempted sixty five passes against the Packers. It's very doubtful we see that exact strategy again but when it comes down to it even if Keenan Allen is limited I I mean after he returned to the game he didn't necessarily do a whole lot after that so Mm. I think uh, we're going to see Rivers trying to hook up with Malcolm Floyd as much as possible this week and that makes him a good daily play and possibly a wide receiver three in your season longs yeah and you know Gates getting to Gates he missed practice Wednesday as well there were reports suggesting that that was a maintenance day for him, but then this absence today is pretty disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Ladarius Green had a role regardless, had that touchdown last week. I think if Gates sits, he makes for a really nice play, especially if you mm-hmm. got your tight end on bye this week. As far as Melvin Gordon goes, again, returned to practice today, but the, the ball security issues have been really dogging him. Two fumbles last week, losing one, if I remember correctly. Is he somebody that, you know, maybe he's just – you know, the role just doesn't expand from here. Maybe it just decreases. I mean, he's lost fumbles now in back-to-back weeks. and need to go three games without fumbling, but week one he fumbled right away. And then, yeah, back-to-back weeks, it's just not looking too good for him. And, uh, of course, he I, I wish him the best as a fellow Badger alumni there, but uh, I'm not optimistic this week. I'm sitting him down this week. I know Now, I know it's really tough to say that because everyone's got a different roster, and there are some very – excellent running backs on by this week you know Forte and and, and you know Lacey's had his fair share and the matchup is juicy yeah. but but yeah the matchup uh exactly is pretty good so but at the same time I'm I'm thinking this is going to be mostly a Danny Woodhead game with a little bit of Brandon Oliver mixed in here I think Gordon should still get I'm trying to I'm trying to give a good touch estimate I'm you know, I would like to say he'll get five touches, but I think it might be kept to single digits, which is a little bit of a scary thought here. He, he need, clearly needs to get together and display some ball security, mm-hmm. and he could be a fumble away from being phased out completely at, at this point. I mean, three fumbles in six weeks is not acceptable by any standards. No, it really isn't. I would think the Chargers would want to get the ground game going because obviously the the volume on, through the air last week was insane. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can continue going down that path. you, you got to have some balance offensively. So maybe they look to get Gordon going. But, yeah, I'd say trend towards sit for me, but maybe a, a tournament play yep. in daily. Cowboys at Giants. Giants three-and-a-half-point favorites over under 45-and-a-half. Des Bryant not officially ruled out, but, uh, you know, I, I think – it'd probably be wise of the Cowboys to wait another week, even though this is a big divisional matchup here. I want to ask you, though, a running back for this Cowboys team, Christine Michael, are, are you starting him this week? Because I know he's been picked up in most leagues I'm in, and I'm in one league where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw him out there and see what happens. Yeah, you know, I have a really tough time with Christine Michael because I like to at least see it once before I'm ready to put you know my money down and where it is and he's supposed to take the reins off christine mike that seems to be the big hype this year he's the big waiver wire hype guy and you know so was shark hendrick west last week and look what happened again not completely down on him rest of season or either of these guys really but i'm hesitant to use him everywhere because it's just it seems a little bit too risky for me at the same time if you're sitting with him and joseph randall and mcfadden or any combination of those on the same roster and you have to pick one 
then you probably go in Michael just based on what you read this week. But you never really know exactly how this is going to turn out uh, with the carry distribution. And again, a new quarterback coming into play with Matt Castle taking the reins as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it'll be interesting. This Cowboys team coming off the bye and with you know new quarterback, possibly new running back, new starting running back. I think they, this offense could have a completely new look. And if you get Des back next week, uh, you know this is a team that. I mean, it's not going to be a full force until Romo's back, and I think week 11 is the target. Uh, but I think they should be significantly better in the weeks ahead. Sunday night game, Eagles at Panthers. Panthers three-point favorites over under 46. Talked about Sam Bradford. This is one where, again, I'm I'm looking to, to sit him where I can, and I just don't see the Eagles having any real chance at this game. I think this this three-point spread is pretty favorable for the Eagles. I, I think they get, uh, I mean, not blown out, but I, I think the Panthers easily cover. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone, you look at your fantasy league, you see Cam Newton has a matchup in red maybe, but because of how the Eagles have performed against the pass or against opposing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think I, I'm going to go with Cam Newton, going to go with Stewart, going to go with... Greg Olson especially I, I could see a very big day for Greg Olson and and this is one of the tougher at least tests that Sam Bradford's gonna have to face and he's had much weaker defensive opponents and hasn't been able to do much with it so I'm I'm trying to avoid Sam Bradford this week in in as many places as possible I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole in daily and you know I'd you know look to the waiver wire for guys like Blake Bortles even Derek Carr this week uh as as better options and and roll with that and see where you can go from there yeah this has the the makings to me of like the the week three matchup with the jets on the road against a tough defense bradford only 118 passing yards in that game on 28 attempts so uh yeah again just don't really see any situation where i'm gonna feel good about starting him monday night game ravens at cardinals cardinals 10 point favorites uh at home here over under 48 Uh, on the Ravens side if you feel good about starting anybody here because the Cardinals very good defense but had through the air last week by Landry Jones do you think maybe this Ravens passing attack surprises people and, and puts up some points yeah quite possibly even more than the uh, the passing attack uh I mean you gotta still get I know he's got a tough matchup but you gotta still give Justin Forsett a go he was back in practice Thursday so that's always a good sign uh you know Steve Smith looking like he's gonna be back and and yeah Flacco has potential to uh to have a pretty big outing at any time and from a fantasy standpoint, real life standpoint, what have you. So I'm excited for this game. Actually, more than the Ravens, I'm going to try to do some Carson Palmer uh, usage, maybe pair him up with Michael Floyd, who is seems to be on the verge of having a breakout game. He almost had one last week, but he got a touchdown called back. So uh, a good, you know, I know I said Carson Palmer for 50-50s, but if you pair him up with Michael Floyd in a tournament, I think you yeah. could differentiate yourself a lot, and hey, it'll make Monday Night Football a whole lot more exciting. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, Michael Floyd is a guy I've, I've liked. I've cut him in most of my season long, but I still think he's on the verge of having a big game. A guy who did have a breakout last week was John Brown, 196 yards through the air on 10 catches. Expecting him to repeat, maybe find the end zone in this one if he's able to, uh, if he sees as many looks. It's a tough one. I mean, I like John Brown more in your season-long formats the rest of season, but when it comes down to, to daily this week, I mean, I think the price difference makes me a little bit inclined to use Floyd. Now, on DraftKings, mm-hmm. John Brown, 5500 
Michael Floyd, 3200 I can Ooh, see. Wow. Yeah. So there's quite a bit of a price difference there. I can almost see going two Floyds in your DraftKings lineup this week with uh, Malcolm as well. Of course, they're painting on Keenan Allen, who, like we said, looks like he sat out practice Thursday. So, uh, yeah, Mike, Malcolm Floyd, 3600 Michael, 3200 Set you up for success right there. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens, too, have a... Pretty, bottom yeah. six pass defense, 286 passing yards allowed through the air. So I think mm-hmm. uh, I think you're right in that uh, stack, a Cardinals passing game stack, uh, probably do you pretty well. well. That'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out ROTOWIRE free for 10 days but going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. Once again, for Jake Latarski, I'm Clay Link. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will be back in your life on Friday. knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.